Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. And we're back. Okay, we're here again. Special Christmas Eve edition. Christmas Eve, it's right. Tomorrow's Christmas. I wondered, I wouldn't be surprised if we recorded on Christmas Eve last year, somewhere there, close. Yeah, probably. Just being that I have days off and whatnot. Yeah, I guess we look back in the yeah. way back machine. Yeah, if we cared enough a to year look back. Ago. Right, I know. Fuck, man, it's crazy. I was thinking about that, though. Like, it's the next time, I mean, yeah, next time we record will be the last uh, one for this year. Yeah. So, yeah, 2020 is coming up. It's funny. I remember looking back. I was uh, thinking back. I was like, I remember doing our New Year's resolution. Uh, resolution. The first, for the one. first year, yeah. No, we, this, this will be our third one. This will be our third Christmas. Our third yeah. edition of the resolutions uh, episode. Have you came up with any resolutions? No, man, I haven't. Um, I mean, I think opening a gym has its own resolutions implied. Yep. So that uh, I haven't had any anything like that. But I don't know. I'm sure I'll think of something. 
I'm still trying to figure out how to play the guitar. I haven't had any luck. No? No. I you know my problem is I don't have any I don't I don't know what the fuck to do. You need to go take a lesson. I know, I do. You do. I need to go take a lesson. I know. Long story short. Tim told me like I don't need lessons, I just need to learn to play some chords and blah blah blah. And I'm sure Tim's right for you know, but I'm just not smart enough to do it that way. So yeah, there's like a few uh, chords that I can't figure out. Like they're like, oh, press all these, and I'm like, what? Like, how do you make your hands? It's almost like I need to see someone do it first, uh-huh. and then I'm like, okay, then my brain can start processing like how I, the I, fuck I do it. I see you. I mean, I know you well enough, and see kind of how you learn and process things. Like, and I think you hit it right out of the head. Like, you just need to go do like one or two lessons, and you know, providing it's yeah. a good, good teacher. And they can just basically point you in the right direction. Right now, you're just kind of wandering aimlessly. Yeah. You're out there just playing happy, sad in the happy world. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. You know, you're very... So if you get someone just to give you some right direction, right. then I think you can run with it. Yeah. But you just you need that initial pointed in the right spot, and then you'll be good. I know. I like I should be able to just look it up on YouTube or whatever. It doesn't always work It's like not that. the same thing, man. No, it's, it's like jiu-jitsu. It's like trying to learn jiu-jitsu through YouTube. It's like theoretically you can, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Like having someone there to make sure that you, I don't know, there's things that you need to understand that you kind of have to, that human interaction is hard to replace. So yeah, I mean, if anything, just that I feel, cause I've been wanting to do that and I have the damn thing. And so it's not that hard. It's just, I don't know what to do. It's like spend five minutes a day practicing. It's like, okay, great. What the fuck am I practicing? What are you practicing? What am I doing? So, yeah, I know how to play some of the basic chords. Like I said, I can play Happy Birthday, but that's, uh, that's it. So That's kind of like, uh, you know, going to YouTube, finding a move, on, you know, jiu-jitsu move on YouTube, and being able to do that move specifically when your partner does A, you do B, but you really don't understand the principles at all. Yeah. So if someone does A-1, you're like, oh shit, you know what right. I mean? Like you, you have no really conceptual understanding of what you're doing. Yeah, it's just a, just a, a well, that's, you're just a move. Yeah, just, just a technique collector. Well, that's where I think like the you know what Tim was trying to say is like, don't learn to play songs, yeah. learn to play chords, and that's you know I, I did that, and then I taught myself how to play Happy Birthday based on knowing those chords. So you know, it's not I know exactly what you're saying. Like yeah. there's it's a subtle, but it's such a profound difference between memorizing solutions and then understanding the principles yeah. to it so it's like if you want to play happy birthday you know the the solution is to play these notes in this way you know but there's it's a principle that's being used and if you just think like oh happy birthday or, or is these notes played this way without understanding that like that's where people get fucked up because they memorize how to play certain songs but they don't understand how to like necessarily play the chords and then if they trying to learn a new song or they or whatever they get stuck and man i see that you know see that in jiu-jitsu i see that mountain biking you get that with like your fucking good local riders the guys that have their local trails memorized you know and they know exactly what where things are at they know exactly what they got to do to compensate for their lack of whatever and uh they get really fucking fast at doing it but then you take them out to some new trail and or put them on a new bike that has a little bit different feel and they're just like you know fucking baby deer mm-hmm. with uh yeah 
with fucking spindly little legs trying to make their way down the trail. And it's like, what happened, man? I thought you were a badass. <laughs> oh, I got, I got to, I got to get a feel for this trail. I got to get, that's, that's the thing. It's always like, I got to, I got to get a feel for it. Like get a feel for it was always code to me. Like, I don't really know how to ride. I got I know how to ride my bike on my local trails, but you take me out of that environment. Cause man, a good rider is going to be able to like ride anywhere, ride anywhere on almost any bike. It's like, you're going to be able to, you just understand how to apply the principles to whatever fucking problems are being presented to you. You're not trying to, yeah. So yeah, that's fucking always drove me nuts. The good local rider. Cause then they get really fucking good. You know, they're like, they're fast in their local scene. So people mistake that for being good. And so then they're like looking to them for like, oh, you know, he's a good rider. He should be coaching skills or, you know, what does he do? And it's like, like, he's not a good rider. He's just figured out specific answers to specific problems that he can execute really well. But that's not the same thing. And then, like you say, you see that in jujitsu. People got very specific answers to specific problems. And man, if they can force you into that funnel, like, it's There's, tough. It's tough. But you get them out of that little, you, you throw, you know, a little bit different problem at them or make it look a little bit different. And all of a sudden, it's like they don't know exactly what to do. So... I like taking advantage of those people. Mm-hmm. I'm at a, I'm at a frustrating but like interesting place in my jiu-jitsu now that I'm getting back to like some decently hard training after yeah, yeah. surgery. It's because it, I I feel like coming in like I'm at a place where I can kind of I don't know I don't I try to find a better word than reinvent, but not but but it kind of says it you know like I'm at a place like okay. Because I've spent the past nine months, I mean, I never disengaged from jiu-jitsu. Right. I've been watching. And Still been living the lifestyle. Yeah. Even though you haven't been rolling. I haven't been able to train, you know, train. So, yeah, I'm coming at it from like a new, newish angle. Not a not revolutionary change in the way I'm seeing it or attempting it, but just a new thought process. I'm kind of digging it. You know, because I'm really trying... You know, just really focus on the technique and the problem solving. And if something's not working, I don't want to default to just put more heat on it. <laughs> right, right, right. That's really, I'm really trying to avoid that. Like, yeah. if I get stumped, okay, the answer is not putting my knee in his face. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes it is. And there's there's situations where that's good to do. Yeah. But there's more finesse type answers to things. For sure. And it's so, funny you say that. When we were rolling today, I was thinking that. I was like, man... Like, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I was like, you know, rolling with you feels different and it feels way more playful and way more fun because, and that's exactly what it is. It's like, you're not, when you, you know, you're trying to problem solve rather than just fucking put heat on, on not, the problem. Hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to win. Yeah. You know, was, uh, the other day I was rolling with Mauler and I snatched up an arm bar and I, I probably had it and I'm not guaranteed. I didn't force it to the tap. Yeah. But then I let go, and then I, I let go, and you know he ended up in a little bit more dominant position. And then he's like, "You let go of that." It took him a second. And he's like, "You let go of that, didn't you?" I was like, and I wasn't gonna say yeah. I was like, yeah. And he like like board like kind of like was gonna reset. Like got off the top of me because he had made it to like side control or something. I was like, no, 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 keep going. And I, I was and then he was he kind of looked at me confused. I was like, hey man, I was, I was like, I'm not here to win. I'm here to get better. Yeah. I was like, so I got. Like me, I got to that certain point. I could have really maybe cranked on it, or but the learning had stopped at that point. Right. Like, all the good learning and training got me up to that. And after that, it's like, oh, okay, let's just go from, go yeah. from there. And, it, and then, and then it, I seen it, him processing when I said that to him. Like, here, I'm not here to win. I'm here to learn. 
I just I got to get better and just say I had to get timing back down and all these different things. So yeah, I don't know. I kind of like I'm still playing with it, you know, because I've just even recently in the past week or two been going a little bit harder, getting back into faster pace rounds. Yeah, and I feel it's a safer way to do it too. For sure, like I can be pretty. I mean, because I can still train hard. Right. But I don't have to just like beef on stuff, you know. If I'm having to put a lot of muscle in to resist something, like okay, what am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. No, man. That's that's, be interesting to see where it leads me. Well, like I said, it's an attitude. And it's that, you know, you're there to learn instead of win. And as soon as you start using, you know, a lot of strength. And, again, we've talked about it, right? Like, I think Steve Maxwell is a guy who really kind of put the idea in our head. Like, good jiu-jitsu takes place between, like, 60 and 80% of your, you know, your strength. And going over that is you're getting out of good jujitsu and you're starting to get into using strength to impose your will, which again has a place, yeah. but it's not good jujitsu. That's something different. And that's something you do when you need to win. Right. So if you're in a competition or, you know, Hey man, you got a hard training around with a gym rival or whatever. And, and you know, you guys are both, there's nothing wrong, nothing with, wrong it. with it, but it's just, yeah, if that's what you're doing every time. If every time you, you fucking slap hands with somebody, you have to win. You have to win. So you're never putting yourself in a vulnerable situation. You're never trying new things. You're always just like, you know, you know, if you're with smaller, weaker people, you're just always using strength. If they ever start to get anything on you, you're just like, Rah! and just crush it. Like that's, that's a different attitude. You know, that's, that's winning. And again, it's nothing wrong with it, right? Like if you're a competitor at a high level, like, you know, you kind of almost have to have that. Like, that's why you're a fucking good competitor. But if you're a hobbyist or a coach, like that can be a tough way to, you know, train with people. Well, all the time. I, think, I think one of the signs of a good martial artist is being able to turn that on and off. Yeah. At the flip, you know, at the you know flip a switch, you know, just oh no, I can go hard. It's time to put heat. It's time to win. Yeah. Well, it's time to play. Like you should be able to bounce back and forth. Yeah. Even within a round, you should be able to bounce back and forth. Like okay, here, boom. Oh no, here it's. Yeah. It takes a little more mental gymnastics. It takes a little pride swallowing, you know, but. I don't know, I kind of dig it. Yeah. I, I, I kind of dig it. It's, I hear it's what you're fun. saying, but you start to, I, I don't know, man. I feel like a, uh, a victory where I use strength or, or something, it's not the same thing. It's not the same. It doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I mean, there's, I, I was thinking about, uh, it's funny, I was thinking about this the other day. I was on um, somebody's back and, you know, I had a really good position applying all my Donaher back take shit and, you know, they weren't getting away. And I was working my rear naked, and because uh, again, even though we were a gi, man, I just I like to work the rear naked, and uh, you know there was a couple points where you know he's kind of defending with his face a little bit, and you know I probably could have just like crushed his face mm-hmm. and made him tap, but I was like that's not what I want. I want a clean, I want a clean tap, man. I kept working and working and working. And if you know how to do it, I, I guess that's the thing is like if you have dominant position and you know how to do it, like it takes a little more time. But you don't have to. You can accomplish the same goddamn thing without having to put the fucking strength and heat into it and aggression as right. much. And so, yeah, eventually it took me more time, but I got the fucking thumb under and snuck across and sunk it in and finished a good like choke instead of just a face crank and I was thinking I was like man that's 
like that felt way better than just if I would have just like, ah, I got you, man. I can just use my strength and just crank your face and make you tap. So yeah, it's, it is a different, it's a different win. Yeah. It's a different win. It different feels feeling, different. Yeah, for sure. So, and again, man, there's a time. Yeah. I time mean, and place, man. Yeah. You're in a competition. You don't <laughs> want to, if you can finish the match in a minute 30, as opposed to four minutes. Yeah. Finish it. Crush that dude's face. Yeah. You know, you're there to win. Yeah. If you're there with your training partners, what do you, you're, you're trying, if you're they're trying not to get, doing, if they're not returning it, right? Like if you got, again, like there's a gym rival or something like that. Like I'm thinking, you know, like dude, like Brazilian Nick's a good example for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if I get him in a position, I don't get him in positions very often. And I know that motherfucker's going to do the same thing to me. And you know, we both know it. So there's mm-hmm. kind of like this, you know, we don't go that way all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's like. We're getting around, and it's like, okay, I, we're matching each other's energy here. Mm-hmm. And, okay, that's great, man. That's that's fine. But it's when, you know, your partner's just trying to roll and have fun, and you're just like, no, I'm murdering, I'm murdering you. I'm murdering you. And, yeah, that's where it's like, what, you know, what is going on here? What are we doing? And But, yeah, it's, it is, it's a different, different way. But it, I think it's, like, more fun because... You are learning, so you're not losing, right? If you're there to win, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. If you're there to learn, man, even you if no you got what. tapped, yes, exactly. You're going to win no matter what. Dude, no matter what happens, you learn. You get in a bad position, whatever happens, you learn. And and it's like, okay, fine. And yeah, that, and that's the best thing that you can do. And when you're trying to fucking protect, like when you're trying to win, it's it makes it hard to learn. So... I think, like, you know, the saying in jiu-jitsu, I love it. Like, you either win or you learn. But I think you really, it's where your focus is, where your emphasis is, makes a difference. You know, if your emphasis is on winning, it's going to make it harder to learn. And if your emphasis is on learning, the wins are going to come. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think. I think yeah. if you're always focused on learning, like, you're going to get better. You're going to win. You're going to, you know, start winning. And... But it may take a little longer, but eventually it'll happen. So. So, anyways, that's kind of where I'm coming at it from. Yeah. Now, since I'm coming back. Yeah. Just kind of keeping it playful and just. That's funny, man. I totally noticed that when we were rolling today. You know, and again, like I know, you know, there was when you get a position, like I, I know it's mm-hmm. yeah, like it's it's hard I mean, to I'll describe. I'll still go hard. Yeah. But not like. It is a little bit hard to explain. You know what I mean? Like, not dickish hard. Right. You know what I mean? But, you know, I'm still putting pressure on. I'm still trying. No, don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm still fucking oh, trying. Oh, fuck yeah, you are. I'm still trying. Yeah. But... You're not giving anything no, up. No, fuck, I'm not giving anything up. It's know? just... There's an... I don't know. It was... It's, in, it's There's an energy there. I don't know. It's harder to describe. But it was like... I could feel like, man, I can... I'm thinking and I could feel you thinking rather than, like, having a lot of my mental energy just going towards, like, trying to deal with the the fucking aggression. Right. And it's just a different uh, feel for the role. And, yeah, again, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's so funny you mentioned that, man, because I remember there was a point where I was like, dude, this, you know, it feels different. Like, mm-hmm. Rob's not, you know, he's trying hard, but there's not that just, like, constant... Uh, little like aggression behind everything <laughs> so the bully jiu-jitsu yeah that's that's what i'm trying to get away from is bully jiu-jitsu like, yeah a lot of my observing over the past nine months and just watching everybody and just taking mental notes and actual notes and paying attention like i'm trying to get rid of the bully jiu-jitsu yeah 
I mean, it'll there's, always there's be there. There's a time and place. There is, man. There's a time and right. place. There's a tension, right? You don't want to resolve it. Right. You don't want to resolve it. You don't want to go one way or the other. Right. It's just starting to realize, like, maybe I was going a little too far towards the bully side, and, and so I need to kind of bring it towards the learning side. Mm-hmm. But, oh, no, there's a time and a place. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, I, you know, I'll, dude, against, like, Trey, I'll bully the fuck out of that guy. <laughs> you have to. Mm-hmm. That little fucking hobbit. He's so hard to get anything on, so it's like... You know, speaking, gotta, of, speaking of that, this... I don't know how this would be easy enough to explain on an audio podcast, but you know something that like really makes him good about um, like passing his guard or positioning. I, I I connected some dots. I was rewatching the Donner guard retention, you know, instructional this past couple weeks. I've been watching it again, and if you watch Trey, he's so good at keeping in almost any position, his elbows and his knees glued together. So if you're on your back, like you're up in like the dead bug position, yeah. and his knees pull up past his hip line. Yep. Yeah, always. And because he's got he's got good, you know, like hip mobility or lower back, whatever it is, and he's got short limbs, and he's real compact. He's always trying to make that connection. And he's always trying to, if you watch him train, yeah. like I, I, I watched that on the Donahue thing like a couple weeks ago, and then I was watching him roll after I had, I had just watched it. And I was like, oh, I was like, man, he is using the shit out of that principle. Like, he's always closing that gap. And that's how when you start tumbling around with him and rolling. Yeah. And he, he always ends up like, you know, going to your back or, you know, getting like the, kind of like the Marcelo yep. attack from the back. But if you watch, he's always closing that gap. It's yep. like, ah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. No, that's, uh, when I'm, that, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like passing his guard, man, is, because uh, if you pin his fucking upper body down, he's bringing his legs up yeah. constantly. It's just, and so it's like, if he can't, you know, he's trying to close that distance and mm-hmm. it's just that instinct. And so it's like, yeah, no matter where you have him, he's constantly trying to reestablish that connection. And he's another one that I had to start working the spread angle of doom on <laughs> because he, you know, you get past his guard and, you know, to pass, I got like, you know, the, the upper body control. So it means like his legs are kind of free and it's, it, and he's, just fucking throwing those little things up and so it's hard to consolidate in side control because it's easy for him to slip something in but if i can just keep his keep my head low and keep his arms pinned and come around to like that north south position you know his legs can't fucking get to me and then i can start trying to work something from there but yeah he's constantly working those legs in and uh yeah he's presented some good problems Mm -hmm. So it's funny, man, when I think like, you know, training partners like make you so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like he's helped my guard passing immensely because he's so, like I so, said, like you think you're past and then you go to consolidate and he's just, he's not giving up shit, man. He's constantly working and it's so hard. And so like learning to freaking control that little fucking hobbit, <laughs> you know, he's got tiny little limbs, man. And so it's hard to... Hard to, you know, you can slip him in a little bit of space. He's fun to train with. He's super fun. So, you know, Brazilian Nick, too, but he's a lot of fun to train with because he's super technical. Yeah. He doesn't, he, I mean, he goes hard, but again, he's not aggressive. Right. Again, it's kind of a hard way to explain it, but but he's really technical. And so he's fun to train with. Because yep. Yeah, you can feel him thinking all the oh, time. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. He's got, yeah, the wheels are spinning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, then you got your training partners that you can tell that. It's forward and reverse. <laughs> <laughs> and the reverse is broken. <laughs> so, you know, it takes all types. It does. It does, man. That's what makes it so good. 
I know we had a good training session this morning. Hell yeah, man. We did, we did what? We drilled a couple rounds and then we did probably what? Four or five minute rounds and then yeah. one long 10 minute. 10 minute round. <laughs> and then yeah. I forgot because I, I was working something and then we got the fucking timer in that room only goes to nine minutes. And so we were going to do the nine minute round and the minute break. And I forgot, like I got to a position. <laughs> there's so many goddamn beeps. There's a 30 yeah, second beep. Know, and, then the... and then it got to the, it got to the, I, I kind of put myself in a fucked up position, but I was like, eh, there's only like 10 seconds left. So I went, and then the timer went off and James wasn't going, stopping. I was like, oh fuck, we agreed to go to the next right. minute. <laughs> and I had already flipped the switch. And then, so I tried to get out and you like almost darsed me. And I was like, oh, dude. I was like, I am not fucking tapping to this darts just because I fucked up and forgot we were going for another minute. And it was tight. Like you had like my head, like I, I was like, Bree, I was like, dude, this is not good. Like, I totally <laughs> fucked this up. <laughs> I could kind of tell. Like, I knew, I knew it. Like, I could tell that there was a moment where you were done and then it switched back on. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, what was funny, though, is when you switched back on, you kind of just, like, started going. Uh-huh. And that's when, like, I was like, oh, there's something because it wasn't like a... Well, your arm was already there. Yeah. And I thought if you would have went, went for it before I tried to get out, like yeah. I would have been in serious trouble. And so I was like, oh, fuck, I hope he doesn't see this. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right, man. I had to just fucking take the pass off of it. But, man, the head's a good control point. It was funny. That uh, guy was... Uh, I had to show that to uh, Joe Funk, man. Because Darson him. He does that. Like, because he's one of... You know, just reaching, reaching. with that top arm. And I was so bad about it. This is another one where, like, dude, uh, Fat Adam, man, we make fun of him, but I love that dude uh, for several reasons. But one of them is because his darts is uh, super legit, and he darts the fuck out of me a few times. And it's like, all right, I got to figure out how to deal with this shit. And uh, so, yeah, his darts and his deep half guard, you know, and Kiele's obviously got a good deep half guard, but, you know, those are two things that, like, I'm like, dude, I'm... You know, got a decent defense against because I got a good training partner mm-hmm. that hits those things. But uh, yeah, and then I think you were teaching the class where like it clicked on how to do it, like the where darts. the darts came in. And then I started to see how the darts fit in with the army and guillotine, yep. and then the monoplata that we've been working on. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But once once that little triple threat fucking clicked in my head, it's like, oh, okay. But yeah, when you can grab somebody's head and like legitimately threaten stuff, uh, it changes things. The darts is a good control point because you you're lacing that arm down and under, and you cup the back of the head. Yeah, it's kind of like your starting point, and then you <clears throat> really drive your shoulder in and be heavy. So you got like your shoulder is like pinning their lat kind of in that ballpark, and so you got good control right there, even yeah. with just one arm. Yep. Before you can like get the other arm involved and stuff, it's a good setup point for a lot of different shit yeah because they have to respect it yep they they either got to turn in hard and try to like you know belly down and get out or turn back hard but they have if they don't react oh once you trap that elbow like they have to do something they have to do something so it's a good it's a good setup yep yeah present a lot of opportunities it is man it is it's gi or no gi gi or no gi a lot of people don't do it in the gi because they always have the bullshit excuse like oh my hand gets stuck up in all the materials like eh whatever Whatever. It's a great movie. I use it all the time, man. All the time. All the time. It is a little tougher to like finish shit in the gi, just because the friction and they got more shit to grab. But just as a control point to use the pass and or just make them react, and then their reaction is gonna open up something else for me. So usually, like I got to do that against you know Kiela is a good example because she's so good at keeping her elbows in. So if you can start like just 
you know, grabbing the head and just, you know, not even like the, you know, the darts, but just start threatening something on the head. They got to pull their elbows. Yeah, they got to do something. They're going to have to address it. And then, oh, there's space there. So even if I'm not looking for a choke or a pass off of that, like people will react to you grabbing their head. <laughs> generally have to. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. That is one of the few things that you're almost guaranteed they're going to do something, but uh, they'll, they'll ignore a lot of other areas of the body. But when someone gets an arm wrapped around your head and they, you feel them cupping your chin, yeah, there should be plenty of alarm bells going off. Yes, yeah, dude. <laughs> like this is not good, dude. That's one of those red alert. Yeah, uh-huh. those, some of those things where you just abort everything, everything else. else deal with that. Doesn't matter where I end up, it'll be better than where this is headed. <laughs> so, oh yeah, fucking, I miss old wrestler Brett, man. I ain't seen that dude in forever. Yeah, he man, was, he was on a headhunt mission there for a minute. Yeah, yeah, he's one of got. Got me real good at defending those things. But yeah, he grabbed my head a few times and squeezed. I was like, fuck, man. Yeah, he was getting into the rolling guillotine, like the Raider rule. Yeah. Justin Raider rule and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. I remember I told him, like, when he was starting to play with it, I was encouraging him. I was like, keep going for it, keep going for it. And I was like, you know, it was fully selfish. I'm like, we don't have anyone here who does that. And obviously, you know, you going for it a little bit has highlighted the fact that we don't, I don't really know how to defend it, mm-hmm. you know, super well. So get good at it, man. So I can learn how to defend it. So mission accomplished. But now he's still not training, training, man. I don't know yeah. where he's at. Yeah. People come and go. Yeah. Well, Beto wandered back in. You yeah. See? Yeah, you saw All him. furry. Yeah, that's right. He's got the giant <laughs> Big furry old beard. beard and shag on the head. That's right. Yeah. He, that's right. Yeah, you were there because we were discipline. That's right. That's right. You, you came in right when I was just saying discipline. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what we're talking about, but I like it. <laughs> but basically, he's like, man, I just haven't been motivated. And, you know, I, I see it. You know, good thing about him, he comes back. Yeah. But it's tough because it isn't, it's not about motivation. It's about discipline. Motivation comes and goes. Like, discipline is what just keeps you punching the clock. Yep. So, it's like, that's that's the secret, man. Just keep that, that discipline for it going. But, speaking of which, I got to give a shout out to my daughter, Shiloh who has been doing a great job with her discipline lately. She read the Jocko Wil- Wilnick, Wilnick, whatever. Jocko Wilnick. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the kid's book, because we're going to be using it at Fruit of BJJ, and so she wanted to just kind of know what we were going to be doing. But yeah, man, she came out of it all inspired to start you know, having some better discipline about stuff and been waking up early and working out. And That's awesome. Wait, I meant to ask. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, what kind of age is that book geared for? You know, dude, honestly, I mean, the kid in the book is in fifth grade. Okay. And so I forget what age that is. Like, 12, that's probably, no, that's probably like 10, 11, 9, 10, right? 11, nah. Anyway, well, Z's six and he's in first grade. So it'd be about 10, 10, yeah, 10 years old. 10, 10 years old. Yeah. Okay. So, and then, you know, there's three of them. So each year he's you know, like a year older. So okay. it's like kind of in that age range. But honestly, I, I think that. You know, most people who are struggling with where they're at as adults is because something went off course when they were kids. And just over a long enough timeline, it adds up to where you're at. And so being able to go back and fix the kid, you know, almost like, you know, this book I think is great for adults as well because there is a lot of stuff where you know, you're, if you can almost go back and fix the mindset of fifth grade you, that it'll impact the adult you as well. And, and so, and it, plus it's just like a much, 
you know, reading, uh, you know, extreme ownership is great, but that's an investment in time and energy and effort. And you kind of got to think a lot for the lessons. So this is great because it's just like simple. You read it and you're like, man, yeah. I mean, it got me fired up. I was like, it's fucking good shit, man. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Really good lessons in it. And, uh, you know, I think that it's, it's a good, um, good like role model type, you know, figure. Because, again, we were talking about this earlier when we were training that one of the things that I, I look at the books that she reads and that she grew up reading and they just don't strike me. They don't have the same um, strong role model type that I remember growing up with. And maybe a lot of it was because, like, you know, I read, like, the, I was in, like, Greek and Roman myths. And, you know, I don't know. I just, you know, it seemed like, you know, we, the stories that we, that I remember as a kid, you had, like, a strong role model character. Someone that's like, this is who I want to be like or you know you saw their journey right the hero's journey was the whole whole thing but at the end of it you know you're like yeah it's fucking awesome that's why I want to be and today it's like she's reading like diary of a wimpy kid and I mean not now but like when she was growing up it's like you know what the fuck is that you know that's th this is not a role model character that you're creating you're creating a sympathetic character to try to like um you know connect with your average kid which is Great, but kids need a role model. They need a standard that tells them, look, you can do this. And again, the idea today is that if you do that, you're going to ruin their self-esteem, right? You're going to make them feel bad about themselves. You're just fine just the way you are. Like, that's the message. So they create characters that basically deliver that message. Like, you're just fine the way you are. Your self-esteem and all of this stuff is you know, if, if it's, it's other people coming down on you, which is why you may feel bad about yourself, not that you need to improve. And so the, like this, I feel as like the first book that had a really strong kind of role model type message. Like, no, this is the bar. Like, this is what you can achieve and you're not there yet and you need to get better. And this is why, and this is how it will impact your life and improve your life. And I don't know, man, like I said, it was, it's funny. It's like a, a switch flipped in her head, you know, all of a sudden she's, she's like, she sees and understands things on a different level than she got from reading fucking Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Harry Potter is the role model of this generation and he's a fucking pussy, <laughs> you know, it like he's not, I don't, I don't feel that his, he really came from that. Like, you're just fine the way you are. And, you know, we're all struggling with shit and, and stuff. It's like, no, man, give me a fucking hero. Someone who's going to make everyone else around them feel bad about themselves because he's so goddamn fucking good and encourages them to try to raise themselves to his standard. Like in this book, the, the, it's uh, Uncle Jake, who's his, uh, his mom's brother, who's a Navy SEAL. You know, he's that guy that's like, you know, who, again, like Navy SEALs are the standard on so many levels and so like giving a kid that and then showing like you know how you can apply that as a kid and what you can achieve based on that like so it's all right to have this this person who is fucking way better than everyone else and almost makes you feel bad like you know dude when i think about navy seals i feel a little bit about bad about myself fuck yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like and and that and that's why people hate them right because they don't want to feel bad about themselves. So if they can 
you know, destroy the thing that makes them feel bad. It's like without changing, right? It's like, no, if you change, you'd feel better. Or you can destroy that thing that's making you feel bad and you think you're going to feel better, but you're not. So, you know, that's where that shit comes from. But yeah, like having someone that's like, no, this person makes other people feel bad because he's so fucking good. And then you want to try to raise your game because you see that and you're like, I want to be like that. Like, I just, I don't see that in like pop culture today. Everything's just so homogenized and it's like, you know, there are no strong heroes because strong heroes make people feel bad about themselves. And that's not what we want to do today. So anyways, I encourage everyone, man, if you've got kids, read that. I don't matter how old they are. Like, you know, maybe if they're like, you know, toddlers, but still read to them, you know, you don't, you never know what they're we're, picking we're up. Stuff that'll seep in. <clears throat> yeah. It's gotta be better than freaking the crap that they're watching on PBS or whatever. Yep. Socialist nonsense. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, so yeah, read that book. If you're an adult, read the book. Like a, the, all three of them are great. And, uh, yeah, I think it, if you're looking for something to kind of help impact your kids and how they see things, I, yeah, I think it, it's uh, a great resource. So my plan is to give a copy to every kid that trains at the gym. So cause it's like four bucks for a paperback. That's all it is? Yeah. You know, because the, the original has been out for a few years. So yeah, the paperback's like fucking four bucks on Amazon. So it's like, dude, yeah, you get a gi and you get this book. And we're like reinforcing like the warrior kid code is like, it's spot on. I mean, I don't have it here, but like, you know, it's, uh, it's good stuff that kids need to, uh, need to know and, and aspire to. And like having those standards are important. So again, one time it was, you know, your, you know, religion, like it's still, that is still a strong influence on that. But like that was the thing, like Jesus made people feel bad about themselves because of how fucking good he was. And and he encouraged people to be better by his example, you know, and like that was the, that was his strategy. And then that was the whole thing of like, man, here's our standard. And we want to try to live up to that. Like, what would Jesus do? Again, people make fun of that, but it's basically saying like, what is the standard? You know, how, how I have to have some standard that I'm trying to hold myself to. And again, standards make things hard. Standards make people feel bad about themselves because you don't always live up to your standards. And, and then you got to admit you failed and, and you got to try to do better next time. Who wants to fucking do that? So, but man, having those standards, having those, those heroes for people is super important and taking them out of society and, and stuff because you think that it just, you know, making people feel bad about themselves is the worst thing you can do. No, man. It's not going to end well. No. no. People need to feel bad about themselves yep. because they're not fine the way they are. Nobody is. No matter how good you are, you can get better and you should be trying to get better. And as soon as you think you're fucking just fine, like... You're not. Not. You're not. That's when things are going to start going sideways. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. <clears throat> fucking pumped <laughs> I know yeah, I was just letting you rant on that it was good yeah Fuck it was yeah. good man no I, I feel it was awesome it, like the seeing that so and then you know she entered the we had the kids and you know white blue belt tournament over the weekend which went uh, really well but uh, you know she entered last minute there was a couple kids who didn't show up and she hasn't been training jiu-jitsu much at all and she was like you know I don't think she would have done that before she read that book I, I, I don't know but I'm can almost guarantee that like she wouldn't have done that before she read that book 
And I didn't say anything to her. I didn't push her at all. I, I mean, nothing. Even when she said she was going to do it, I was just like, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to like, you know, get whatever. But then she comes out and she fucking fights hard. And, you know, won a couple rounds and matches and lost a couple. And But uh, like I said, man, she showed me something. It was pretty cool. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. <clears throat> so Z did good. He had his first tournament. I don't think he really quite understood what he was getting into. <laughs> but yeah, so he you don't think he really knew it was like much different than a regular class? I don't know what he thought. <laughs> you know, I think he you know, he knew we were gonna do jujitsu and uh -huh. you know we were gonna wrestle, but I I don't know if he quite knew exactly what was going on. I mean he's never been to a tournament. He's right. never he doesn't you have know. any frame of reference. Yeah, not really. I mean, he's been to a tournament, almost lost him in a fight to win once. But uh, <laughs> I remember that story. <laughs> yeah, just yelling at Kiela, like cheering her on, turning around, like, where's he? Oh, shit. <laughs> I lost my I gotta find him before this match is over. <laughs> I got three minutes. <laughs> but, um, fuck, man. Anyway. God, I lost my train of thought. What are we talking Z. about? Z. Yeah, oh yeah, his tournament. Yeah, so he's, you know, but he doesn't remember that shit. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got, has no frame of reference. So, but he did good. He had two matches that he won, and he was thinking that this was going to be a lot a of good fun, day. good day. And then he lost a match and realized that like it's not all uh, rainbows, and, rainbows unicorns. and unicorns, man. No, everybody loses. Only one person on yep. any given day doesn't lose. So uh, yeah, I mean it was it was tough. You know, like, it's tough for anyone, man. Like the emotions and stuff. You're there. You want to do well. Everybody's cheering and all this stuff and. You know, as cheesy as it is, you want a medal, yeah. right? I mean, you're a kid, you want a fucking medal. I mean, you're an adult, you want a medal. You know, it's fun. It's cool. It's fun. Yeah, feels good. So, you know, and that was his thing. As we were saying, is like when he lost, he was saying, I, you know, he felt left out. And I was like, man, I totally, I totally know what you mean. Like when you lose, like that's, that's a good way to describe mm -hmm. the feeling. Like you feel left out now, right? Like cause other people are getting medals, other people are getting congratulations, and even though everybody's like, you know, hey, you did a good job, it's not. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. It's like, okay, I'm no longer part of this, you know. I never, I've never heard a kid explain it that way, but that is a really good way to explain it. Yeah. When you lose, yeah, it is, yeah, I feel left out, so that I can see why a kid feels bad. It's just, you don't feel bad just because you lose. From our adult mind, it's, yeah, you kind of, yeah, I'm not getting, I'm not getting what everybody else is. Yeah, just yeah. you're not part of it. Not part you can of feel it. There, you know, that you can tell. Like, there's definitely a different feeling when you're like, you know, winning and and going advancing or whatever. So. um so anyways, you know, he pulled it together. I mean, you know, he wanted to not stick around and cheer for his teammates. And I made him sit on the mat and, you know, uh, so he Be pulled sport. it together. Yep, exactly. And I was trying not to come, you know, I'm not, I don't want to come down on him. It's not like, you know, there was like one point where I was like, look, man, no one else here is crying. Everyone else here is lost, you know, like it, it's okay, right? I understand everybody here is feeling left out. And so, uh, you know, that was kind of the closest that I came to like, you know, stop crying. Cause that's not, I don't want to, that's not it. And, uh, I can totally understand, man. I've been there. It's like, feel like fucking crying sometimes. Yeah. It's emotional, man. Things happen. And, uh, but yeah, he pulled it together. He did really good. Just kind of, you know, ate a cookie and just, you know, everything was cool. And <laughs> so, yeah, he had a good attitude in, in the end. And so we, uh. Kevin promoted him to his gray and white belt, which he's been looking forward to for... He was pumped about that. Quite a while, yes. When I came over today, that was the first thing he showed me. Oh, yeah. Carries it around with him, shows everybody, so... 
yeah, he definitely earned it. You know, and that was, I told him that was his goal. If he could have a good attitude, right? Like that's, I think when you're going to tournaments, especially with kids, it's like, that's the goal. You need to have a good attitude, whether you win or whether you lose. Like that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. It's, you know, whatever happens is going to happen and you just need to deal with it well. And that's, and I think for adults too, right? But for kids, I think that's the, that's that's like one of the biggest lessons for, you know, having your kids compete in things is that lesson right there. Just being a good sport, win or win or or lose. lose. Yeah. You need to be a good sport. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, being a good sport when you win is important, man. Sure, like yeah. shaking people's hands and saying That's good just job. As hard. And it yeah, is because you you can get your ego inflated pretty quickly winning. Yeah, if you're good, and, you're, and, yeah. So, no, that's that's the goal. And I think too, if you you know, you're there. It's you're never going to take the pressure off, and you're never going to take the focus off of them wanting to win and do well. But if they know in your mind that this is how I'm judging you then it just it makes it i think just a little more clear like what that goal is it makes it easier because they can achieve that regardless of what happens right. on the mat i mean they can have a terrible match and make a huge mistake and it's like dude you have to have a good attitude about it and if you do that then everything's cool like i'm i'm proud of you and you're doing a good job but you know if you're winning and you're having a bad attitude i'm not happy about that so it's uh it's important man it's important to shape young minds it is like proactively shape them because if you think that they're just going to shape themselves they will oh, they will shape they themselves. will <laughs> just not the direction you hope for. no 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 man not at all not at all so yeah well that's why jujitsu is fucking good for kids and good for adults and good for the world good for the world man universal jujitsu universal basic jujitsu yep that's right so yeah that's uh gonna be my goal with fruity bjj I think I told you my goal is maybe I know for like people that train in Grand Valley like just you know January is free just come in and if you can make it train great love to see ya um but yeah doing something like that I think just having making it free in January for people to come and train and because I'm thinking like okay I can either spend a bunch of time doing appointments and you know trying to talk to people and talk them into signing up or I can spend a bunch of time taking care of people that are coming in and then showing them a great experience and like, Hey man, if you don't sign up, I don't care. Cause you're going to go tell someone else who may come and sign up and certain people or amount of people will sign up. But it's like, what's the fastest way to get people in there and get people on the mats training. And so I'm going to have to put some, some guardrails up, some, you know, guidelines. Like you can't just show up five minutes after class and say, Oh, Hey, I want right. to do class. Like, no, no, no. It's limited space. You need to contact me and let me know if you're coming. You know, you need to show up 15 minutes early so we can get you set up. You know, there's going to be right. some basic rules so it doesn't turn into a shit show. Because it could, it could devolve quickly. Oh, quickly, quickly. Quickly. Someone show up late, especially, you know, if brand new and you're trying to get them set up and everybody else gets neglected. Like, yep. you just can't do that. No, 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 and, no, no. Again, you limit the amount of people, you know, whatever it is, 10 people or whatever the case yes. may be. Yeah. Like, that's it. We got 10 slots. I'm offering free stuff, but this is it. This yep. is the cutoff. You got to call and set it up. Yep. If you don't, you can come watch. Come watch, right? Yeah, you show up. Like, get yeah. your name on the list for next time. But yeah, yep. No, just have pretty good, you know, guidelines and stick to them yep. with that. And I think we can keep it from turning into a, a poop show. <laughs> but I think that that's gonna. That's like, a, that's a good idea. I want to fucking coach jujitsu. I don't yep. want to do sales appointments and shit like that. Like that's not what I got into this for. So what's like? I don't know. Maybe it's a terrible idea. I don't know. I've never heard yeah. anybody doing that, but I think it seems on the surface like a good idea. 
obviously I haven't thought about it for more than about 30 seconds now. Yeah. Um, I'm sure people will be signing up. You know what I mean? I'll yeah. be running like, you know, a January if you sign up. Sign you know, up now, a special you get some deal. Sort of deal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if people want to get in, then great. But it's like, man, if, if what's, you know, how do I, you know, the whole idea is, is reducing friction. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if you want somebody to do something, you got to make it as easy as possible and reduce the friction. And so that's where like having Fruta or Jiu Jitsu and Fruta was one of the goals was to reduce the friction for people. That 15 minute, 20 minute drive to Grand Valley, it's a certain amount of friction that, you know, people, a lot of people aren't going to overcome because they got a lot of other friction they're trying to overcome in their life. They don't need that. So you try to reduce that. So what else can I reduce? Like how else do I make this as easy as possible to get people in here to check it out? So I think free is pretty, pretty easy. So I think setting up again, like having guidelines, it's not just yeah. walk in. Yeah, you can't just have a yeah. for all shit show. You're, you're still, you know, just having a few hurdles, I guess, that yeah. people have to overcome to get to the class. Even though it's free, there's still some time that you're going to have to commit to setting things up and then yeah. coming in early. So I think that'll keep a certain amount of people who are just like, well, I just want something for free, uh, you know, from coming in. But even then, I don't, I don't fucking care. So that whole thing is like, man, I, I want to have a cool training environment for, for good people to come and train. And yes, I'm going to be charging something. But at the end of the day, people are going to be training there because like, I want you to train here because you're good for the training environment. And if you're not, then like, I don't need your money. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean, figure out either, you know, what you want to do, but yeah, I, I like this. Like my whole dot idea, I'm inspired by like uh, you know Louis Simmons with Westside mm-hmm. and like Chris and Mark Bell and their gym. It's like they don't charge. They, you know, I, it's you train there because they want you there. It doesn't. It's free, free to come in. But you, you know, that. But that. Yeah, that's just it. It frees them from having to deal with assholes. Yep. Because some people think their money entitles them to be assholes. And if you're beholden to that money, then you have to deal with a certain amount of assholes. So being in a position where I don't have to do that, you know, because I have these, you know, my pedal and bike jams and other things we're doing out of that space as well. Um, yeah, I think it allows me to do things like free till February and see what happens. So it seems like a good idea. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. We will find out, my friend. <laughs> we will find out. So, yeah, and I got to show you my curriculum when we're done. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, I think you'll find it interesting. I was, you know, so I started listing out like a curriculum, and event, I was like, this is just a list of like moves and techniques. Like, this isn't exactly what I want to get across. And so, my idea was like, you know, okay, there's, in, in my mind, you know, there's four areas for, for jujitsu. You've got stand up, you've got like your top uh, position, kind of dominant position. So I consider like back, uh, being on someone's back to still be from that kind of top, top position. dominant position. But if, yeah, if you're on top, passing the guard, side control, neon belly, mount, back mount, mount, back mount, right. That's kind of like top dominant position. You have bottom, um, I don't know if you say dominant, but like, you know, not where you're trying to escape, right? Escapes are different. So like butterfly guard, uh, you know, half guard, uh, you know, your More open guard. bottom game. Yes, exactly. Things where you can still do things. It's not an escape, not right. That's a, that's a different category. So you have your bottom. So close guard, 
would be in that, right? Right, half guard, your butterfly guard, things like that, single leg X. Um, I think data X. Yeah, exactly. That'd be like a more advanced, but just like you know, just some basic uh, things that you would do from that bottom offensive position, and then you have your escapes, and so you know your mount, your back, your side control. Um, fuck, I forget what else. Oh, close guard. Right, like you know, opening the guard. Like I consider that's escaping an escape. close guard, man. Like that's you're an getting, escape, it's yeah. an escape, man. So uh, you know, so so those four things: stand up, top, uh, you know, offensive, bottom offensive, and your escapes um, make up your four general categories that everything else is going to fall under for the most part. You know. I'm mean, I just getting, I know you're just thinking about it, so I'm not like expecting you to agree with me. Uh, just giving you like what my frame of thought is. And again, like this is why it would be good for us to talk about it. So I'll be curious to hear what, you know, if you think of some other things. But so that was my idea. It was like, okay, I got these four things. You know, stand up is kind of, you know, would be doing a little bit of that. I like the traditional, like we're going to work a stand up and then a couple techniques. I think that's good. Um, and so, yeah, then, then just kind of got some, some techniques, but techniques that represented principles, you know? So like, I think butterfly guard is a good example. Like butterfly guard is a great, uh, um, position and the moves from there are a great way to employ the concept of controlling a post and then using leverage to disrupt their balance in the direction of that post. And then if they respond again, you can apply, okay, well they posted there. So, you know, so that's, I think butterfly guard and the reactions that you get from butterfly guard are a really good way to to demonstrate that those principles and it's a good just position and techniques for people to learn, right? But beyond that, it makes it easy to kind of explain that. And then so that was my idea, like kind of you know some basic techniques, but techniques that represented you know principles, like so like you know passing, like the knee cut pass. I mean that's like one of the best ones for, you know, you got to get upper body control, you know, like you got to get past the knee. Like there's, there's so many good principles that you, you have to employ to do a good knee cut pass. And when you do them right, it's, that's why it's one of the most successful passes in jujitsu. But again, it's a really good way to get people's mind opened up to like the principles rather than just a technique. And so, so that was my idea was to kind of like, do it that way and then like stagger things so instead of having a month where we're going to work on you know top game or bottom or whatever so like you know week one will be top offensive you know week two will be bottom offensive week three will be escapes you know week four you start over again you know top offensive bottom offensive escapes and so you, you rotate through that way and so that way every month people are still getting some exposure to the bigger picture, you know, while still having, you know, a curriculum and, and stuff. So, you know, it's, that, that's always been one of my things when thinking about curriculum, you get somebody going on like back mount and they're doing it for a, a month, you know, it's, they haven't seen much of anything else. And so there's definitely good stuff for that, but you know, it's also has some drawbacks. So maybe that's not a good way to do it. Maybe having the concentrated thing for a month is a better way to do it. But that was kind of my, my thought process. So I think you're on to something. I think, um, I think as you get with anything, you can go too far one way or the other way. Yeah. You know, 
And depending on somebody's level of experience on the mat or in combat, you know, sports or whatever, you have to determine how much do you just show them techniques or do you show them more principle based? Yeah. What version of? Because you got to start somewhere. Yep. And I think with a lot of people, especially if they're coming in like newbie newbies, it's got to be techniques at first. And then you, you you slowly give them some, this is the principle. That's why this works. Right. Or you see them trying it or you get into live rolling. Like that didn't work because you failed on this principle. And then you start you slowly teaching them that. But you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And I in like kind of what you said about Butterfly Guard. And there's a lot of good, good fundamental basic jujitsu techniques that you, you teach that are easy to explain the principles. So, but if you come at it from the technique side and then as you see the students ready, you can say this works because of this. Yeah. And this works because of this. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's what I, you know, I've been putting together a curriculum and that's, I was kind of thinking along the same lines. Like, okay, let's just get some good. You still need fun, techniques. Good fundamental techniques. And then as the student's ready for it, you can explain it deeper. Right. Because, you know, it's, uh, you know, like guard retention. You know, just because I've been watching that, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Because it's hard guard retention is a hard thing to teach because you can't just teach. You know, your opponent does this, so you yeah. do this. You, it's such a dynamic thing. It's so, it's constantly just changing, changing, and so it's really hard to say if he does this, you do this. He does this, you do this. It just it doesn't work. You know, it's more principle based. And again, we you know we discovered like a lot of jujitsu is better in the long run taught like that. But you keep, like, see, you don't want to go too far that way because then, then people just aren't. Yeah. There's no structure to it. Yeah. You know, and people get lost in the weeds, I think. So. Yeah. And then again, and it depends on the student too. You right. Know, everybody I think at first that you have to, like, man, you, you got to start somewhere. Man. Yeah, you got to give it context. God, context and, exactly. And the exactly. techniques give you context. And then you can build on that. Right. You can build on that. Yeah. So yeah, that's why you know, like I said, like there's still techniques. Like I picked. It wasn't like today is open guard passing concepts. You know what I <laughs> right. mean? Like, it's like, no, here's the technique here's the te- we're going to do. You know, now while I'm going to explain how to do the technique and I want you to do the technique, but it also opens up a good conversation for some of the basic principles. Right. And then when you come to me and you're like, hey, I'm trying to do this knee cut pass and this is happening to me. And then when I'm explaining like, well, you know, maybe you can try this. And then this works because... We're employing this basic principle. And so if you can start to, you know, and again, you got to feed people answers. You got to tell them what fucking two plus two is. Right. But eventually they have to start thinking beyond that. And so if you don't, if you don't, if you're expecting them to do that as a black belt, but you don't have that just some, even just seed of it planted in the beginning, it doesn't make sense you know what i mean like it's like if you're expecting this at the end then it should be even if it's just a tiny 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 little bit it should still be in the beginning right and so it can be like a little seed and blossom and grow to that rather than like just kind of expecting people to figure it out for themselves yeah 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 and i feel like that's what you know what purple belt is you know it's kind of like that that holding area for people that have developed like good techniques and then it's like okay now can you figure out the principles behind these fucking things because if you want to get to that next level if you want to start being able to do well against brown belts and black belts 
Like you have to, because that's how they think. And so like, that's the, 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 you know, I feel like that, like that's what purple belt is in a lot of times. And so, but I think it would make it easier and speed up that process. You know, I feel like it's, there's a little bit of a gauntlet aspect to it, right? Like you just, you learn the techniques and then you're just kind of expected to start figuring these things out on your own. And, um, I think it's getting better, you know, like Donaher mm -hmm. is, you know, doing a real good job. Kit Dale, you know, his videos have been, uh, his instructional series has been really good with some principle based stuff. So you're seeing it kind of, you know, a little bit more, but unfortunately you go into most schools or you buy most instructionals and what you're going to get is techniques with, with very little, uh, I guess kind of reinforcement of what are those principles behind why is the technique? Why is the technique working? Yeah. There's not much why. Yeah. They just move. Yep. Just move one, move two, move three. Right. Yeah. Move, and then move one, move two, move three. Yeah. So again, it's a tension between the two, right? It's either extremes too, no good, but so that was, yeah, you know, what? I think that's a mark of a good coach. You know, you again, like going back to what I just said is you, you got to see how your each student learns, you know, somebody like you, you don't want to see techniques. You want to just, okay, I see the technique. Why is the technique working? Yeah. And run with it. At this point, yeah. yeah, yeah in the yeah, beginning, yeah. like, that's why I went to every class I could because I thought, dude, if I miss learning a technique, that may be the technique that makes <laughs> all the difference in my jujitsu. Uh -huh. You know? And so you are. Like, I, I, I was, like, very, I wanted to learn techniques. And I still like to, but like you said, it's, it's kind of transitioned to, okay, what, why are you doing that? Right. So, yeah. But yeah, I got to remember though, like that's not... You're, you're, married, you're not the norm. No. You're not normal. I hate, I know you don't want <laughs> You don't want... Dude, you're, I know I'm not you're normal. Not, you're not normal, man. I've been around long enough to know. You are, you are abnormal. I've seen, yeah. It's not an insult. You're just... No. It, you know, everything yeah. has its pluses and minuses. <laughs> it, it definitely makes it harder for me to relate to and other humans to relate to me. <laughs> But, uh, um, yeah, no, I, I know the way that I learn, the way that I go about things, the way that I do is definitely not the, the norm, but so, and that it is, it's tough. Cause that, I have to remember that. And that's been one of my toughest things, man, is, you know, really like, you know, realizing that, you know, everyone's perspective is different and it, it sounds cliche, right? But you still like you interact with people and it's very hard to not construct some idea in your head of what and how they're thinking. You know, like, why did he do that? You know, and you, and you have an idea. And so, you know, or somebody says something, you're like, God, you know, that's, you know, what, I just answered that question like an hour ago or something. And you're thinking in your head, like, well, they know this and they're, and, it, and it's like, well, no, they, they fucking forgot, man. And so you don't have to stress out about it or whatever, but it's hard to not think that other people are seeing the world the way that you do and then judging their actions based on, on that. And it's like, no, man, not everybody remembers shit the way that you do. Not everybody sees things the way that you do. Not everybody's as fucking analytical about stuff as you are. And so you fucking bumping up against everything with this thinking that everybody's like you makes it tough. So it... Uh, yeah, just trying to be a little more empathetic to other other points other of view. Humans. Yeah, because I know, man. I'm not saying it's it's tough because it is. I'm very analytical, analytical, and it is. It does get tough because I'm looking at things and I'm just like, even like you know, relationship problems. I'm just like, it, it's tough for me to not break them down in a very logical way, and then you know, 
okay, why? I don't understand. You know, it seems so simple to me from this side. And it's like, dude, it's not, it's It's not always, it's not how it works, man. It's not how it works. Like the other people, uh, yeah. So anyways, yeah. Trying to be empathetic. The fuck's in my front door? Someone ringing the doorbell. I know, man. Someone out there, Shiloh's out there. Is she? hell do we got what's going on <laughs> we may have to cut it short huh i don't know let's see that's so all good though all right yeah, on. Christmas, oh guys. thanks guys thank you christmas yeah, cheer so awesome that is awesome you two are too cute <laughs> yeah thank you yeah Neighbors cheer over shit, yeah. yeah. So I gotta go pee. So Shallow, why don't you fill in? Okay. And you can tell. And we will taste test the treats. Bring oh. them in here. Okay. <laughs> On air, right. what do we got? There go. Okay. There's a, well, see, I, I won't take one of these because there's only four. Oh. So I'm speculating they knew there was four members of your family. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And it so. would not be right for me. I don't me. think they counted for And those for look pretty Uncle goddamn Rob. good too. They like, do. Look, like, like old homemade. chocolate cookies with frosting no, in the middle. The three of us just ate all of them now. <laughs> no, no, no. They would no, never know. No. Until so, they listen to this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what's, right. in, what's in that bag? Some homemade caramel popcorn right, scenes. Well, I can add some of this yeah. without offending the Wilson tribe. So have you been out there practicing good. hacky shack? Not really. I was finishing a drawing for my grandparents, and then I was getting ready to make cookies. What kind of cookies you make them? Um, white chocolate peppermint. Those so. are the ones. Mm-hmm. Did you make that last batch? Yep, I did. The ones your mom brought to me mm-hmm. at the gym? Those are pretty good. Thank you. Yep, they barely made it home. I ate like one yep. or two on the ride home and then the rest of them got eaten that night. They're so... Put it's such a good recipe. I love mm-hmm. them. So you're making the same ones again, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, this time I'm going to put um, peppermint M&M's in instead because my grandma has dentures and it's hard for her to eat mm-hmm. like candy cane parts. So, yeah, we made a, a batch for them two days ago, and they came over and they loved it, so I'm going to make some more for them tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I love making cookies and stuff. It's a lot of fun. You can cook a, You can cook and bake a lot better than I could. <laughs> sure, you can probably do it better now than I can, and I'm 40. Well, you got the cookbook now that yeah, you can pretty sweet learn cookbook. from. What, what's, oh, you suck at cooking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. If anybody's wondering, that's a great YouTube channel. It really is. You guys should check it out. You for suck sure. at cooking. Very entertaining. And there's actually mm-hmm. like good recipes on there. There is, yeah. It's really entertaining to watch and learn a lot of new you stuff. You suck at cooking? Yep. Yep. The, the Wilson took me up with a sweet You Suck at Cooking cookbook. Yep. Looks, it looks like it's going to be a good, not even just a cookbook, but a good read. Yeah. Be entertaining. Oh, very entertaining. Heck yeah. Anyway, popcorn's good. Popcorn's that's pretty good, man. I'm going to steal some more. Yeah. That's pretty good. Pour it. All right. Very good. All right. Thanks for filling in there, co-host. Of course. Anytime. Take those, please. Okay. 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 We'll get eaten if you do. It's not. All right. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. All right. Love you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Practice a hacky sack. Okay. Skirt all the responsibilities. Practice a hacky sack. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) So... Have you seen this thing? No, what's this? 
Remember when we were at uh, Masters World a few years ago and they're coming up to us in line and asking like, would you be interested in a service yep. where you could send videos? And we were like, yeah, we want Kevin to be on there. Yep. I think they made a reality. I don't think Kevin's involved. <laughs> we're giving you one free video review coaching session from one of the world's best jiu-jitsu athletes. Got it in my BJJ box. So, man, the BJJ box has been pretty good. It's been That's kind of cool, man. Yeah. So you can take one a video of a, you know, a competition match or a training match. Yep. And send it off to one of the coaches. Yep. Pick up yep. who you want. I can have Wagner. Wagner Rocha. Wagner Tell you you're not being mean enough. Yep. Exactly. That was some pussy bullshit <laughs> jujitsu. Yep. Do not send me another video like that ever <laughs> right. fucking again. I could see him responding <laughs> something like that. Like, what is this nonsense you're what sending? What is this? You're wasting my you call time. call that a commercial trap? You you're fucking playing, asshole. Playing fucking patty yeah. cake. <laughs> Talit is on there? Yeah, Talit is on there. What, what's it called? Uh, the name of it is... Review. Re- review. So the website's www. I, I don't know why I just did that. It always annoys me. Because all websites are www. Yeah. That's World Wide Web, right? Yeah. That's so sad. It always drives me insane when you hear people on podcasts say, oh, go to my website, www. Like, motherfucker. Do you ever type that in when, you go, when you're no. on the Googles? Mm-mm. Never. Mm-mm. I never type in. I just type in, like, if I'm going to give you this website right now, my review, which is M Y R E E V U U.com. Yeah. I, I just type in my that, my review.com. Yep. I don't even type in .com. I just type in my review and hit go. Huh. And then fucking Google gives I'll me do the right the shit. Com. Sometimes it will. Yeah. But it usually pops up. It'll be about the first one. You just click on it. Oh, yeah. But, anyways. So, yeah, my review.com. It's even better if they're paying for ads and you click on their ads. So, you, you just you I, made them pay for the fact you're too lazy to type in .com. I <laughs> intentionally, because Google always tells you it's an ad, Yeah. I intentionally never click on the ad one. Yeah. I always click on No, if you like them. If I don't like them, I will. Is that what it is? Sometimes I'm looking for a site for, you know, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. If I see, if I get a chance to make somebody pay for me to go to their site, then uh, yeah. Because well, usually, like a lot of times, they'll show the ad, mm-hmm. the ad one, but then the same website will be like... Yeah, right underneath it. Right underneath it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I know. It, it Yeah. Anyways, we're going I mean, down a weird rabbit hole. It is a weird rabbit hole. But yeah, so that's kind of cool. That my review thing, I, I, it's funny. I, I heard because uh, Talita was interviewed on the the Matt Byrne podcast. Oh, was she? Yeah, and um, which is funny because uh, you know Talita came out here twice. Yeah, she's been here a like, couple times. Yeah, now. you have a, a choke. The Talita choke. The Talita choke that I use. I was using today. Yep. So, Not quite successfully, but no. There. So, anyways, we've we've had the privilege of training with her. Uh, a couple times she was the person who taught me the difference between weight and pressure because she's like a hundred and you know 35 140 pounds mm-hmm. and dude like when she got on top of you you couldn't move mm-hmm. like that so it's like that's pressure like that 140 pounds coming up that she, that's pressure you know and then you get like some 200 pound white belt who doesn't know how to use his weight it's like yeah it's heavy but it's not the same it's thing. not pressure it's not pressure and so, yeah, her pressure like was uh, the thing that really made me appreciate the difference between weight and pressure. I was like, dude, it is unreal how heavy this girl feels, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, she was being interviewed and she mentioned that website because she was involved with it. And so sure enough, like two days later in the BJJ box, shows up, huh? shows up with that thing. So yeah, I'm going to have to take advantage of it, but... Seems pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. It'd be interesting to who who what coach are you gonna pick to send your shit into? I don't know. I gotta see, you know, who all's on there. But 
mean, I do got to say, I mean, Wagner's definitely on the list. I mean, I don't see anybody else here on here who's, I mean, this is, you know, many more. There's a list of a few Is there more? Coaches. They just listed a few of them? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, see who's to choose from. I don't know a whole lot of people is the thing. Let me see the list. I didn't, look, I didn't kind of glance at the whole list. Claudio Colasano, that'd be a good one to send it to. Wagner. Yeah, actually, you know, meow. Follow meow, but... Uh, you should do, like, some fucking worm guard and send it to Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> How's my worm guard? You just get a knock on your door. And you come fucking whoop your ass. Like, Punch you in the eye. What is that? What is this nonsense? So, I, I, think, I think it's kind of a cool thing, man. I think it's got potential. It could be pretty beneficial. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're... Uh, we're pretty fortunate because we've got a lot of black belts here in town now. I right. mean, shit, dude. A few years ago, there was none. Right. And then Kevin moved to town, and now we've got two, you, Al, Randy, Tim. Is that five? Five. Is this somebody? Yep. So five? Yeah, so we got five. George. George's mind. Yeah, George's mind. Yeah, yeah, but just in town. Just, just, just to train just, at Grand Valley. Yeah. we got five black belts to train at Grand Valley. Right. And so, uh, you know, if we forget how fortunate we are to have access to you know, good high level jujitsu. I mean, this is obviously like other level and, you know, but dude, if you, you train in an area where you don't have, um, that, you know, if you're training at a school that's like run by a purple belt or something like that, again, like I'm a pro belt, so I'm not saying anything against it, but it's like, I also know that like, I can't deliver the type of coaching that, you know, a good black belt can. And so to be able for people to have access to that type of coaching and insight, you know, no matter where they live, is uh, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah dude, I something would have been around like this back in 2007 when I moved out here. Yeah, and I was just a lonely old two stripe blue belt by myself. Yeah, I would have capitalized on it. Yeah, yeah, I'll be interested. I bet they'll get. Uh, I bet like, you know, I'd be interested to know what kind of like what the international side is because I kind of see like because again we're in the U.S. Like, jiu-jitsu is getting pretty popular. Right. So, but again, we forget, man, that there's areas out there where, yeah, your two-stripe blue belt is, that's that's the dude in the area. Like, that's right. the best guy. And he needs to learn. And, and everybody else needs to learn. And you don't have, you know, you might have fucking five black belts in the whole country. Uh, you know, and so, um, anyways, yeah. it's, it's definitely, I think it's a good service. I, I'll, I'll be interested to try it out. I don't know exactly what I'm going to send them is the thing. Like, I don't have enough. I don't think I have a competition. No, I well, you just start recording some training sessions here and there. Oh. And then if there's a particular match that's giving you troubles, <laughs> send like, that in. I thought about recording, recording a role with Randy. Recording a role with Randy. <laughs> and then I'm like, what would the advice be? They're like, well, see where he grabbed you right there in the very beginning? <laughs> that when he, that when seemed he, to have been the end. <laughs> You never advanced past that. Yeah, that was that pretty was the much be- beginning of your demise. Yeah, everything unravel from that. So <laughs> don't let him grab don't you. Don't let him grab you there. <laughs> All right, thanks. And then he grabs you somewhere else. So yeah, it's. Uh, I would just start recording shit, you know, and see what you want to send in. Yeah. Grab some open mat sessions or whatever. Yeah, just set it up. Or... Yeah. No, I definitely take advantage of it. There's a time frame on it, which is good. Must redeem by the end of next month. So, um, yeah, I'll fucking do it. Oh yeah. See what people say. Then do something where I hit the Dela X. <laughs> See if they say anything. Like, what the fuck was that move? Why are you making shit up? Don't make shit up, purple belt. <laughs> so, but anyways, Dela X is uh, 
yeah, we were fucking around with it. I got you with it today because mm-hmm. you were fucking around to see how deep you could go. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm starting to realize is, uh, again, this is like a move that we've been fucking around with over the last week. I kind of stumbled on through people defending my single leg acts really well. And, uh, and then it connected with that, you know, Jamie Canuto, when he was out here, was showing us how to use it as a sweeping position from the bottom. And so, but yeah, I'm finding that, man, once you, like getting that top leg kicked over in that 50-50 position and then getting the De La X hook set is almost the way to go. Yeah, because the, the leg, the 50-50 leg, so to speak, yeah, kind of protects it. it. It gives you a fucking roadblock. Yeah. And people can't just defend the De La X. Yeah. I'm, that, that's what I noticed today when you, when you threw it over. I was like, oh. Yeah. Because it's not, because if that foot, the top foot's not there, I have more of a clear path to deal with this. Yep. But when this nuisance is in the way, yep. it's like, ah, oh, this is in the way and I can't, it's not a direct defense for this. Yeah. 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 I, that's, I, pick, I picked that up today when you said, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, because I'm you threw that, that over real quick and this one wasn't anywhere near yet. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this would be interesting. Once, yeah. And once it, I got that 50, 50 leg it was over. There, Cause that kind of slows the hip down a little bit. You got yeah. the end of my leg and you got the hip. And so I can't quite go too far this way and I'm stuck this way. I'm like, oh. Yeah. 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 That's how when you were going to put it on me, I, 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 I can see. I kept trying. To, I, I was trying to throw the De La X in first. Yes. And then dealing with this later. Yep. And that's what you got the De La X in, and I was able to stuff this leg, and then take my other foot, and I just put it on the back of your hamstring, mm-hmm. just to like, you know, try and kill some of your leverage. But like I said, like you just stood up and swept me because I, I had to sell out on defending that position. Because if I didn't do that, and you threw that leg over and locked it in, it's like. Dude, it's really weird, man. Like I haven't found, like it's a, like you know the the saddle, the honey hole, whatever the fuck yeah. you know, inside Sankaku, mm-hmm. um, is probably the closest thing I've found to like, man, you lock that position up on someone, they're stuck. They're stuck. They're really stuck until they say you get out. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard and uh, to get out of. It's it's way more secure than single leg X. And uh, way more secure than just like your knee bar position, but it's like yeah, when you get someone locked in there, dude, it's like yeah, you're not going. So you gotta dress that top leg, and then you gotta dress that bottom leg. Like I said, the only thing Kevin, what he did to get out of it was address the top leg, threw it over, and then threw De La X on me. And so I was like, oh, so that's the answer to De La X is De La X. <laughs> <laughs> answers in the problem. Answers in the problem. So. Anyways, and yes, we have made up a name for the fucking position. And right. if someone, you know, it, I, I fully expect down the line for someone to reveal to me what the true yeah, name is. We've been is. doing this forever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This is called this from there. So, hey, fine. Right. I didn't. I didn't invent shit. I'm not saying that at all. It was just a, an interesting position. That, I don't uh, have a problem naming shit in jiu-jitsu. And no, we have to. It's your own little school. The Toledo Choke, man. The Toledo Choke. Yeah. And that's how I teach it to everybody. Yep. I'm sure there's a name for it. She doesn't call it the Toledo Choke. Nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I took a private lesson with her. And she showed that choke to me. And I've been using the shit out of it ever since. And she did not present this to me as, hey, this is the Toledo Choke. Right, right, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be, yeah. I'm not even sure what she called it. I think Dale was the, the only one who can present his move. As named and I bet now. you he didn't even name it the day of the Hiva. It was probably just something he started doing. Yeah. His training partners were probably like, hey, this is the day of the Hiva. The day of the Hiva, yeah. yeah. So I, I almost guarantee that's probably how it came about. Yep. Me too. 
podcast mode wants to come in and say hi. He's been on a walk. Back from his walk. Come in and say whoa, hi. What's up, dude? What's whoa, 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 step on the computer. Whoa, whoa, what's up, dude? <laughs> Destruction. What's up, Baka? Destruction. Yes. Hi, hi buddy. <laughs> Glad you're all fired up. You are all fired up. Oh, thank you, dude. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> He's like, I'm here. I'm here. Come you guys, did you miss me? I got here as soon as I could. All right. All right. That was funny. I think it's still recording. I don't think you hit any buttons. No. Uh, that's funny, man. What, uh... Oh, man. So... Anyways, what the fuck are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Name and moves Name after moves. people. Or whatever. So, yeah, it's fine. As long as... The thing is, is there's a fine line between... You know, naming something and then saying that you invented it. So I'm definitely not like when I throw a name on it. That is in no way, you know, claiming any sort of real like uh, IP over it. Hello. <laughs> Intellectual property. So. What's up, dude? What's up, brother? Hi. How was the hike or the walk? Good. All right. What is? What time is it? Uh, Pokemon update time. Yes. Okay. Um. So the Pokemon that I bring in is a bomb of snow. I bring it in because it is Christmas Eve, and the bomb of snow lives in snow. Yes, he does. And then I he's the last stage, and the and stage one is called Snover, and his attacks are Quick Freeze. It does seventy damage and. Wild tackle, it does 140 damage. Well, I like that one, wild tackle. wild tackle. I've seen some of those on the mats. <laughs> White and, belts going at it. And then it has 140 hit points and it's a water type. And then on the um, bottom of quick, quick freeze, it says if your if your opponent's active Pokemon has any water energy attached to it, it is now paralyzed. And then on the bottom of Wild Tackle, this Pokemon does twenty damage to itself. Hmm. Yeah, that does sound like a white belt tackling yep. another white belt. <laughs> does 20 itself. damage to itself. I got 140 on you, but oh, that hurt. There was a cost. <laughs> um, hey, this this uh, wild tackle actually does as much damage as its hit points. Ooh, well, hopefully he doesn't do it to himself. And you know what you should do? Huh? Why don't you go, remember the Christmas thing? Or, uh... Okay, all right. Oh no! He's got a Christmas message for all of us. <laughs> yes, I'm excited for this. Oh yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Aka, you are just fired up. It's we fired got him up. another drone. Did Finally, you? yeah. Oh, God. Did he, he break the last one? That thing, dude. He hasn't had one for a year. He's gonna. He breaks them all. Yeah. I mean, you know, eventually. The problem is, is like I can't help myself. I try to see how close I'm I can back. get. And so, so I can always go. All right. So here we go. Ready? So this is my. Christmas, welcome. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a happy new year. <laughs> nice, dude. Very yep. nice. We've been watching the Home Alones. So. Home Alone 3 doesn't even have uh, the main character. In nah, it. that was. Home Alone 3 doesn't exist. I've never seen. I've seen the, saw the first one. I never yeah. saw the other one. Yeah, the second one is where they got that. It was. Uh, Kind of similar. Remember, he had the TV playing in the first one, and he was mm -hmm. using the like to, you know, pretend like somebody was there with a gun or whatever. Yep. Well, in the second one, there's the, the he's watching the sequel to that old movie, 
and there's a line, and he does kind of a similar, like, similar yeah, thing. Was, and then uh, there were people trying to chase him because he was in a hotel, and there was something suspicious about him because he was only a kid. And then when they, and then when they were trying to get him, he was like, he put the key on, and it was like, "Merry Christmas, you filthy animal." And a happy new year. <laughs> That's pretty and sweet. They, and they started, and they, and when the gun was shooting, they were like this, thinking that it was a real gun. Awesome. Yep. All right, man. Thanks, Appreciate dude. it. Uh huh. Thanks for the update. Just so you know, I have a fake gun. I'm not shooting anything. Well, That's that's, I'm sure yeah. our listeners were very concerned about that. Yes. The, it sounds very real. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks, Bye. dude. We'll see, see you in a little bit here. Yeah. See ya. See ya. <laughs> So, all right. Have you seen uh, Dragon Door's new isometric training contraption? No, I have not. Yes. Unfortunately, I have not. No, 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 dude. This is so. For people that don't know, Dragon Door is the company behind the Russian kettlebell certification, Russian kettlebell challenge. It's the company that that behind kettlebells and Powell. Like that was his original publisher. Dan Duquesne is the guy that uh, owns um, Dragon Door. And so, uh, like I said, I'm just, the, the point is, is like, they are literally the reason that you know what kettlebells and, and who Pavel is. Like they, they've spawned the modern uh, kettlebell revolution. And so they now have an isometric training tool. It's 500 bucks. And they are billing it as the greatest you know, strength training tool since the kettlebell. Like they're fully positioning this thing to take over the the kettlebell. What is it? I'm, I'm super curious as to what so this thing is. So it's an old school training tool that I want to like make myself, but basically it's a board. Well, it, there, theirs is a, a metal deck that you stand on mm-hmm. and then it has a, just a, you know, like a carabiner mm-hmm. and then you attach a chain to it and you can make the chain different lengths. Right. And at the top of the chain, you've got a handle. That's it. Apparently, these used to be like a uh, really popular back in the day. Like you know, the, it, during the fifties and sixties, there was like, like isometrics were much more popular and used a lot more. A lot of research was done on them. Um, like I said, the power rack. You know, people forget, man, like and don't know that the power rack was created for isometric training. That's why you have all the holes and where you can put the bar was to do isometrics in different positions. So like isometrics at one point were like really popular. So this little training tool where you had a board that you just had a chain attached and you know you could change the length of the chain with a handle on the other end was uh, a pretty popular training tool. And they have like pictures of like all the old school bodybuilders and stuff like that doing shit on these things. And so that's basically what it is, but what they've, put in it is a like a pressure sensor in the handle and so it lets you see like how much pressure and tension basically you're creating Hmm. so it gives you a visual you know if you're getting stronger or what you're shooting for and then i guess it has like some preset like you know workout times or whatever in it but that's what makes it so expensive is it's got this technology in the handle which allows you to track and progress your workouts and and stuff like that so but it's it's Dude, kudos to them. That's you know, because that's part of the reason that I think that why isometrics aren't very popular is because they're hard to 
quantify. Yeah. You know, when you're getting stronger in your bench press, you know, you added five pounds or you didn't. You know, and when you're doing a ramping isometric, like, you know, we talk about all the time, you do your 50, your 80, 100, how do you know if you're getting stronger? Yeah. You know, it's hard to measure. Yeah. So, I, I can... No, I think so. I, I would... I, so, I think that tools like that are great in the short run, but they're worthless in the long run. You know what I mean? Like, okay, in the short term, you're going to see those numbers go up. You're going to get stronger. Right. But after a year or two, they're not going to go up infinitely. No. Right? And so... Like, and then at a certain point, they can start to cause frustration because you're going to have workouts where you're not hitting as high as yeah, you Yeah, so you're not could. getting as high, so then you abandon it all together. Yeah, and you see, all this sucks, yeah. and I'm not doing well. I'm, I'm regressing, and right. it's like, you know, because that's one of the problems with movement-based training because, yes, you do have that feedback to, that, to let you know how you're progressing, the weight that you're moving and the reps that you're doing, but those become a problem mm-hmm. over the long run because you get so obsessed with them that you end up, like hurting yourself chasing these numbers when the numbers don't really matter at a certain point. So like that, I, I do, I like that. But like I said, the, the reality is, is it's going to be good in the short term, but it's going to be a potential problem in the long run if you don't prepare people mentally for the fact that like, dude, eventually you just need to turn that thing off. Like you don't need it and you don't want it. You just need to go in there and give your hundred percent for that day. And you know, yeah, I, I, again, I, there's, Having feedback to kind of keep an eye on and, and things is great, but it's, uh, you know, driving your, your workouts based on numbers. You know, we've talked about it a bunch of times. That, that's one of the reasons we like isometrics is because it takes the numbers out mm-hmm. of it. And so it's more, you're driving your training based more on your intrinsic feel rather than some sort of external feedback. So um, again, you want to find the, the tension between those two things, but um but yeah, I just thought it was extremely interesting, man. Like the isometrics are starting to, like they're really starting to get some more like traction in the fitness world. You got that guy with the ISOFIT machine. I think I sent you the link to that $2,500 yep. contraption. Yep. So you got a dude over in the, you know Europe who's got you know a machine, $2,500, certifications, you know, its whole thing is isometrics. Now you got Dragon Door. And again, man, like, you know, say what you will about their marketing, like, you know, Dragon Door, they're also the people behind convict conditioning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, you know, whether Paul Wade or whoever the fuck it is really exists or all that stuff, if it was really Dan Duquesne, you know, in disguise, like, I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, that was a rumor, right? Who right. is this guy? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they've ever actually fucking ID'd him, but at one point, like, that was, that was like the mystery. It was like, does this guy even really exist? <laughs> or is he like a fucking pen name? But it was good stuff. Like, a lot of stuff that Dragon Door has put out is like, is good stuff. So they don't, they don't generally put out like, you know, garbage. Mm-hmm. And so for them to be jumping on the, and the other thing is, dude, Dan likes to make money. So, you know, he's not in the habit of, you know, investing and pushing things that he doesn't see like big potential in. Like, like I said, like my impression was like, they're like positioning this to start to go against the kettlebell as you know a, another a better training method in some ways so i was like yeah dude this is you know the fucking tides are changing man i'm surprised pavel didn't talk about it on the 
Joe Rogan podcast there last week or two weeks well, ago. Well, he's not involved with Dragon Door. Oh, not even. No, no, no. That's anymore. where Strong First came from. Oh, that's right. That's he's, right. He split because he, split, he wanted right. to. Because he's Strong First now. He's that's Strong right. First and, you know, again, like this is, you know. That's right. I forgot about hearsay, that. Hearsay. Uh, because it's funny, man. Like, because, I, you know, I, I've, I know Dan John. I've had, you know, beers with him and, you know, talk about stuff that's not necessarily just all training related and, and you know, some other people that have been involved in like RKC stuff and you know apparently like at one point Powell was just he was fed up with the kettlebell he was tired of it and he, he was just you know he's the kettlebell guy and he's burned out on it and he's like you know he really wanted to start pushing the barbell training side of it because that's what you know strong first was uh you know they've got a barbell certification like that's a big part of what they do as well you know they, they've come back to the kettlebells I think he finally like came to peace uh, or came to terms with like, dude, you're the kettlebell Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just ex- run with accept it. your role, man. You're kettlebell Jesus. And uh, so, yeah, they they've definitely embraced that um, more. Uh, but that was originally what the split was about. You know, I mean, among other things, was that uh, Powell was a little burned out on the kettlebell, mm-hmm. and he really wanted to get push the barbell stuff more. And so, Strong First was his, uh, you know, his group to try to start moving in that direction more, but. Cause yeah, I don't know what the you know you look at a lot of the stuff that they do and it's you know strong first versus RKC. I mean they're not that dissimilar mm-hmm. from each other. But I do. I think I told you, man. I I did a RKC certification and I didn't. Nobody knew at the time, but Pavel was getting ready to split off and go start the strong first thing. And one of the things is is strong first has you do double kettlebell presses and. I forget what the fuck else it was, but, oh, swings, double uh, kettlebell swings. And the RKC has you do single for your testing. And so I remember we all showed up having trained the single. And and uh, I remember everybody was freaking out because rumor was they were going to have us do the double. And, and this was, we didn't know it, but this was Pavel like kind of taking over and like doing one of his first, like, you know, kind of strong first um standards or whatever so yeah we got tested on the double kettlebell press and double kettlebell swing instead of just the single like normal and then like a month later he split off and started strong first and that was one of their things like you know we test the double blah 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 and it's like oh i see what was going on there it's funny yeah but dude people were freaked out i remember that i'm sure they were like you know because they they become specialists yep and spent a lot of money and time you know to because not free to show up and do that certification. No, no, and no. You got to pass that test to get the certification. Yep. So if you don't, you're just pissing. If your you haven't been right? practicing double presses, you know, and it's anywhere swings, near yeah. your yeah, like it's it's a different thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I remember I was like, oh, fuck, I, I wouldn't ever pass anyways. I didn't pass. I fucking failed my snatch test because I let my forearm touch my thigh after I put the kettlebell on the ground. So. Yeah, one of the rules is you you can't touch your leg with your other hand w- while the other hand is touching the kettlebell. Mm-hmm. And so again, like my understanding of that was like, well, I can't do a swing, you know, like use this hand, and right? use my hand to help. Right. Or you know, it's a snatch test, right? Right. Yeah, do a hundred snatches in five minutes. Right. And so I can see that, right? And so right. that was my understanding of it. But I had this habit from training. I just I never even thought about it, man. Never even thought about it. That when I parked the kettlebell, I would park it and then I would put my hand on my thigh and then let go and stand up after parking the bell. Mm-hmm. Technically, 
I am putting one arm on my leg while the other hand is touching a kettlebell. So I got flagged twice for that. And then the third time was because they said I didn't lock this elbow that doesn't straighten all the way. I didn't lock it out all the way. And I was like, you know, fucking no shit, man. My elbow doesn't lock out all the way. Neither does Pavel's. He wouldn't pass the fucking test. But uh, that's how I failed. I got to like 92 or 90. That's right. I got up to 90 and I had like, you know, 30 seconds left. And so I was just going to park it for a second and then just bang out my last 10. And when I parked it, you put your I went like that and stood up and they're like, disqualified, third flag. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you put your hand on your thigh again. And I was just like, I did. So whatever, <laughs> you know. But uh, I ended up passing the fucking, I, I did the standard. Like I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to do it. And so I hired Brett Jones, who is a big time, like in the big, he was a big kettlebell guy. Um you know, one of the top guys in the RKC at the time. So, but he did distance coaching. So I hired him to do my programming for about six months. And I was like, dude, I want to pass this test. And so, but yeah, so I ended up doing it, you know, sent him the video and he was like, yeah, you know, that, that would have passed. You know, I was like, cool. And he was like, you know, you can take the certification again and you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're getting the wrong thing. I don't, I don't need the fucking letters behind my name. That's not why I went. I'm trying to go learn stuff. Like I don't give a fuck about certification. Like, yeah, that's just for, to impress other trainers. Yeah. Fuck those guys. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, now they're all into, uh, the isometric thing. So I'm very curious to see where this goes. I'm, I'm, as soon as we get done recording, I'm going to look that thing up. Yeah. It. It's pretty cool. You're going to, I'm going to, I want to make one for myself. I mean, it's, it looks I've considered, shit. I've considered making a platform before. We, we talked about it on here a long time mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. And it'd be super easy to make super some sort easy. of, make some sort of platform with a couple of, like a bar, like on each side, you know, something that you can wrap a belt around or strap, you know, chain. Like you, you could have different anchor points. Like I've thought about it quite a bit. It'd yeah. Be, it'd be really easy and cheap to do. Yeah. And you could have any sort of different configuration you wanted to hook, strap stuff to. Like. Yep. Isometrics, man. Yep. They're the future. So the future is now. And the past. And the past. <laughs> I know. That's the thing, man. It's one of the, uh, the questions, um, I got was like, you know, why don't more coaches use isometrics? Like if isometrics are so great, then like why don't more coaches use them? And you know, I'm kind of curious like what your reply because you know what I mean? Like that's a valid thing, mm-hmm. right? Okay, well why don't more people use them if they're so fucking awesome, man? And it's like, well they do. They do planks, right? They do pauses at the bottom. Like if you look at, at people's training programs, you'll see isometrics, elements of isometric holds, Slow training, which we talked about in the last episode, mm-hmm. are, is also in that category. That you know, kind of super slow training, that constant tension. So people do use those. In fact, I think that's one of the, you know, like the um, the tempo training, right? Where you you know come down to a count of three, pause for a count of one, three, one, you, two, three, whatever, two, whatever, three, right? Three, yeah. I think that the reason that that shit was so effective was because it forced people to get into like the slow isometric side of the line. Mm-hmm. Because if you're coming down to a count of three and then you're doing an isometric pause for one at the bottom and then pushing up and in is uh, like, that's, t- that's different. You know, you, you're, you're dabbling in, you're starting to get some training effect from that. So like, I don't think that everyone's like, Oh, well you're, you know, reducing the stretch shortening cycle and, and all this other shit. And it's like, you know, great. I'm sure that that is, is what's happening physiologically. But like what you're really doing is you're exposing your body to a completely different stimulus 
than just normal speed lifting. And so again, if you look at it, you see these elements. It's just, unfortunately, a lot of coaches don't really use them in a, in a systematic, um, intentional way is what it is. They're kind of like, you know, you do planks and you do some like pauses here, but it's not like I use isometrics and here's how I use them. It's just this like unintentional thing that they're doing. But I'd argue that every top coach, every great coach, every team, they, they, they all use isometrics and elements of slow training. They mm-hmm. just don't do it intentionally. So. That's yeah, pretty fair. And, and that and also another answer to that question is the why more coaches don't use them. I think a lot of people just aren't privy to them. Right. You know, yeah. They just, they're not as popular. Like I said, like, it's, when you look at it, you realize like, oh, they are. But it's kind of like if you don't understand, you know, why something is successful, you can't necessarily take advantage of it the way that you, you know, you should be able to. And so, man, people just get past a lot of the stuff. Oh, planks are, you know, that's great. Like that's about as, you know, far as a lot of people get in like true isometric training. Mm -hmm. Like you said, outside of doing some pauses at the bottom or things like that. But uh, yeah, man, it's people use it. They just don't do it intentionally. And I think it's going to be different, man. 2020 is going to be like that. The next decade is going to be different. Like it's going to be really interesting to see because you do, you got isometrics, you've got, you know, the steel mace, um, you know, the heavy Indian club hasn't really come along with that, but it's still kind of in that, in that, but you know, those two things right there, the steel mace and isometrics represent, you know, kind of like the kettlebell, right? Like, you know, the kettlebell in, in 2000 or even like 2010, Dude, if you looked at like where we're at now, like 10 years ago in 2010 to 2020, you know, like it's, it's different, right? Like the, the kettlebell came on the scene and it changed a lot of how people think about and approach fitness and stuff. And again, we just take it for granted, but I think that, you know, the next decade we're going to come out in the 2030 and be like, dude, isometrics and, you know, leverage based training tools really help shape what we're doing now. Uh, compared to what we were doing. So we'll all look back and pretend that's the way it always was. That's the way it's always been. Yeah, that's the way it's always been, man. So. Anyways. Yeah. That's my theory, my prediction. We're going to have to do our... Our, predi- our predictions. Dude, we should <laughs> Did we make predictions for this year? I was just I thinking think about we that. we did, man. We should go back and look. I'll go back and look. Yeah. Our next episode, we definitely have to have a, a, a New Year's, you know, or, or whatever, New Year's Eve or whatever, like, Pre New Year's. What do we? What? Uh, okay. What do we do? The predictions come before or after. Well, I gotta look at the kids. So New Year's Eve is is next Wednesday, right? Or next yeah. Tuesday. So. Well, I, I mean, our episode is gonna come out like the second or whatever it is. The third, no, no, the third will be Friday. So. <clears throat> That'd be fine. We're close enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just doing a little pre-programming in my head. Yeah. So, yeah, because I definitely wanted to do some predictions. I like doing the predictions. The I'm going to have to go to the fuck, dude. I got to yeah. think about this. The, the, the resolutions I don't like, <laughs> but the predictions are fun. I'm going to make a resolution and not make a resolution this year. <laughs> there you go. I know. I'm going to do a, uh, a video for uh, Bike James on why New Year's resolutions suck, mm-hmm. but you should still do them. So, I mean, we've talked about them before. Right? It's, you should have a habit of, you know reviewing how things are going, figuring out what you want to do, 
and then making a plan, making a plan to go there and then reassessing and then reassessing. And it should be a constant process that you're doing, you know, like several times throughout the year, whether, you know, consciously or, you know, whether you have a date on the calendar that you're doing it or not, you know, it, it should be part of your process. So doing it on new year's is just, well, it's just part of the process. Like this is what I do throughout the year and it just happens to be new year. So you can call it a new year's resolution if you want, but you know, that's not, it, this isn't the only time I do it. So like new year's resolutions suck because that's the only time most people ever have that reflective time and make goals. And that's why it sucks because dude, you from a year from now, what do you know? Like that's why our, our predictions and shit are so funny. <laughs> you know, we don't know. We have no idea. No idea. And so you're, so yeah, but you do need to set goals. You do need to assess and set goals. And if you need to, if this is when you're going to start, then do it. But it, this should be part of your process, not the only time you do it. So yes, New Year's resolutions suck, but you still need to do it because it should be part of your process. And it's make not that, a New Year's resolution. That's your resolution. Yeah. Is to make a plan, make a goal, and then reassess every three months or something. You know? Yeah. Like, where are you at? Okay. Yeah, man. It's so hard. Are you on track? Yep. Did you slip? Trying to set a goal for a year is like, that's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. Where are you going to be in a month? So, yeah, it's, uh, but you got to assess, make goals. So you need to do it, but they suck. So, anyways. Anyways, yeah. we call it a wrap. I ain't got shit else to talk about. I had to go yeah. home and check out old Frank. Yeah. He's been left unattended for five Enough. hours now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll. He's getting uh, to his limit, about five or six hours, and then he starts getting a little destructive. Yeah. Let me see that. Frank's got needs. So. <laughs> See that little fucker the other day, man. I got home from grocery shopping and I had bought a jug of vinegar, you know, for laundry. You know, so it's a gallon jug, you know, heavy. You know, eight pounds of vinegar. I went and set it in the laundry room and I go into my bedroom to do something. Next thing you know, he's trotting down the hallway with his jug of vinegar in his mouth, all happy and shit, tail wagging. I'm like, what are you doing, buddy? And he sets it down. <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, why are you carrying this around? <laughs> Fucking dogs trying to make you happy. He was pretty pumped that he brought that to me. <laughs> dogs are funny, man. They're good animals, man. They are. Well, cool. Well, uh, yeah. Well, by the time everybody hears this, it'll be past Christmas, but it'll be your birthday, and this comes out. That's right. That's right. Forty four. Having a fucking party at uh, Grand Valley BJJ. What time is it going Fruita. down? We're doing a Fruita BJJ. So I don't know. I gotta see. I haven't looked at the invite. I mean, I did, but. Okay. I'll have to ask my wife. I gotta check because I gotta make sure I get out of work in time. Yeah, man. We. I'm gonna work Friday. You gonna work Friday? Because I got today and tomorrow off. Okay. And we got a ton of shit to do. Yeah. And they asked. I was like, yeah, I'll work. Cool. So. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. But uh, anyway, yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yep. And uh, Merry late Christmas. Exactly. Right. Happy New Year. No, the won't be the New Year yet. Well, close. Close. We'll say it. Early Happy time. New Year. Early Happy New Year. Late Christmas. Merry Christmas. You know, I've been intentionally. Saying Merry Christmas to like uh, when I'm out yeah. at work and making deliveries, you know, especially in Telluride, everybody's very progressive, and so a lot of people say Happy Holidays. I intentionally look at them in the eye and say No, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> Merry Christmas to yeah, you. Yeah, man. A lot of people, you know, the past few years, like everybody would just say Happy Holidays. Like you could tell they were dancing around the subject. Yeah. You know, but see, most of the people when I said that were almost like relieved. They were like, Oh, Merry Christmas. They'd say it back. I had a lot more people saying it back this year than in the past. Nice. It's funny. It funny. I always have these little experiments I do with 
random folks that they don't know I'm experimenting with. <laughs> <laughs> I've got more Merry Christmases this year. So. Nice. That's so, good to hear. It is. Yeah, it's funny, man. I think the... Yeah. Anyways. Merry Christmas to everybody. And see ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now. So get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Shoot!